What a week. Wow, what a fantastic week it's been. If you've been engaging with the podcasts, um, the prayer meeting on, on Tuesday evening, which was fantastic. Uh, it was prayer breakfast yesterday. Uh, much celebration as food returned to, to bellies, maybe for the first time. It's been a, a fantastic week. And um, if those of you who don't know me, my name is Jason Stocks, and I'm one of the leaders here, and really is a, a privilege to open up God's Word any day. Um, and today, we're, we're going we're gonna to kick off a new series in 1 John. We're going to have 10 weeks. We're going to have a fantastic time together. If you've never read 1 John, it's, it's five chapters. You could read it over your roast potatoes at lunch today. It really is a fantastic read. And, and, I, and I guess the sort of overall theme, uh, we're going to learn from John what it really means to be a, a, an authentic follower of Jesus. We're going to learn afresh how, how loved we are and, and how that love informs us to, to love others. We're going to have a fantastic time. So if you're visiting, you're here for the first time, I just encourage you to, to keep on coming over these next few weeks. It's going to be fantastic. Um, just to give you some context, um, the author is John, who also wrote uh, the Gospel of John. And if you've not read that, that too also is a fantastic read, a little bit longer, maybe over several courses um, of lunch of some sort. Um, um, it's written in around AD 80, 90, and uh, John is an old man, hey? He is in his 70s, 80s, and as we, as we dig into this this morning, um, it really is an authentic, real-life example of who Jesus was and living a life with Jesus and all that happened. Um, it's written at a time where the philosophy of knowledge is really on the rise, not too similar to today, where acquiring knowledge brings us security. Acquiring knowledge is the, is the, is the key thing. And um, as John will teach us, um, it is not just the key thing. So why don't we make a start? If you're in one of these jazzy Bibles, which you can get for free, um, there's some at the back there. We're in page 1020. And we've, we're having a couple of little problems with this PowerPoint, so it might go on and off, but um, I'm, I'm going to read it, and then we'll, we'll make a start. So we're in 1 John, verse 1 to 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim it to you, the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. As testimonies go, these, um, these opening um, verses, these opening words... Um, don't get much better, really. Um, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and touched with our hands. 
what John is talking about here is not just his own first-hand experience. He's talking about the collective disciples, the first disciples that Jesus called. And when he says, we have seen, they really have seen. John, when he was first called to be a, a disciple, would have been there at the wedding in Galilee where Jesus performed his first miracle of turning the water into wine. John and the other disciples would have been there where Jesus healed the official son. John and the other disciples would have seen and seen and heard all of the miracles that Jesus was performing when he was here on earth. He would have seen extraordinary things that Jesus did. He would have been there where Jesus was being crucified. He was there the night before at the Last Supper. Commentators suggest that the person leaning into Jesus was John himself. Jesus entrusted his mother to John's care at the, at the crucifixion. John really saw the horrors and the terrors of the crucifixion itself. He was there at the tomb, at the empty tomb with Simon Peter. And then he saw the extraordinary resurrection of the real Jesus coming back to life and coming to the disciples in those first hours and days of Jesus' resurrection. And I could go on and on in the years that follow of churches being planted in Corinth and Philippi and Ephesus. So as, as testimonies go, this is right up there. This is right up there. As you read these words, even as you pause, as I've been this last week, John really has seen Jesus firsthand. He really has touched Jesus. He saw all that Jesus did. And then for decades upon decades, he saw the church, as we know it today, explode and change the, the world ultimately that we live in. I don't know about you, but right now, when I hear that, when I pause and think about that testimony, my heart beats a little faster. My stomach gets really, really excited. Does anyone relate to that? Testimony is really, really powerful, isn't it? It's um, sharing our testimony is a powerful and dynamic tool that God has given you and me. And as I've been preparing this week, I really want to encourage you and, and maybe reaffirm and challenge some of us that if you're a, a follower of Jesus here this morning, God has given you an extraordinary testimony. And he wants you to use that testimony to share with other people. Why? Because as they hear about your testimony of what you've seen and heard and done and what God is doing through you, they too will be encouraged and stirred and challenged. Amen? And, and here's the thing. Whether you are, you've been saved from destitution or drugs or that you were just, in your own eyes, a million miles, miles away from God, or whether you grew up in a Christian home and you are two godly, loving parents who introduced you to Jesus. 
who just loved you and then you came to faith at six or seven and you've known God for decades. I just want to commend that both these testimonies, the beauty and the, and, and the magnificence of these testimonies, not the, the sort of preamble. It's the moment that you come to know Jesus for yourself. That's the real beauty. And, and, and I think some of us need to hear that. If you've grown up in a Christian home, oh, well, I, you know, I just grew up in a Christian home and I just became a Christian and da 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 and that's the end of the testimony. That is not going to inspire someone who does not know Jesus. So I really want to, um, yeah, I really want to speak about that just for a moment. And that's my own testimony and, and the testimony of my house, my household. I, I did not grow up in a Christian household. My parents didn't know who God was. Um, in my teens and in my late years, I was far from God, as we all are, whether I was taking drugs or drinking excessively or, or someone who was in a Christian home and wasn't yet a Christian. The Bible says we've all fallen short. There's no sort of depth or breadth. It doesn't matter to God. We've all fallen short. Amen? That's my testimony. My wife's testimony is that she has two godly parents who loved her who talked about Jesus and prayed with her. And from a young age, she started to walk and discover who Jesus was for herself. And then she came to faith, and she's living in the fullness of all that God has for us. And do you know what I'm praying for now? We've got a little daughter, 14 months. I'm praying that her testimony is the latter. <laughs> I'm praying that we as parents can love her and teach her about Jesus. Um, you might see her little hands going up we're sort of, as we worship. She's starting to do that already. So if you're a follower of Jesus this morning, I just want to challenge and remind you afresh, you have an authentic, wonderful story that God wants you to share. And you know, over the weeks and months, that's what's going to happen. If you pray for that, God is going to give you that opportunity to share your testimony. And it's not just the testimony of salvation, hey? It's the testimony of ongoing stuff that God's doing in your life. Two weeks ago, I, I was absolutely blessed chatting to a, a family that are just uh, joining us. I, I, I sort of came in in, that, in the morning, and I saw them. I thought, oh, if I get the opportunity, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chat to those guys. Uh, and it was one of those Sundays, a little bit awkward. We don't normally do it. Go and chat to someone you don't know, and maybe pray with them. And I beelined for them and started chatting to them. I think they started telling me stories of what God's been doing in their life in the last few years. And you know what? Faith just rose in my heart. <laughs> I was on fire. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. Guys, we want to be a, a community of believers where, yes, we're talking about how much we love food and what we've been up to at the weekend and da-da-da-da, all that stuff. But we want to be a, a community of believers where we're talking about what Jesus is doing in our lives. Amen? Where are we? <laughs> Verse 2. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was, which was with the Father and made manifest to us. This word manifest appears twice in these couple of verses. Um, 
man- manifest is, is being seen and known. Yeah, manifestation is something that we see and, and we know. It's, um, it's, a, it's an expectation that we have of the Christian faith. What, what John um, is talking about here is, is the life that comes from knowing Jesus that was made manifest. It was made known. It was made real. They could see it tangibly. And, and that's, that's the expectation of being a Christian, that we get to experience the love of God. We get to experience the, the power of God. We get to, to taste it and see it. The, the expectation, the good news of Christianity is that it's real. If, if you come into faith to Je- with Jesus, you accept him as your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you, it is a dynamic change. There is a manifestation of God's Spirit living amongst us. Amen? For me, I was so glad that that is true. I'm so glad that is my experience of what I was reading when I came into faith. That is exactly what happens. And the expectation is that is ongoing. Amen? I think for me, I think before I became a Christian, it was sort of, you no, know, this, this Christian thing, is, it's, it's sort of where I was living. It was sort of um, a very white, middle-class thing. People wear shirt and tie. I grew up in South Wales. And it's for the sort of stiff up the lip. And, and, you know, it's just for the religious and all of that. You can have that view, but it's so not that. It's about, it's about experience. It's about experiencing God's love. And what John is talking about you, the life was made manifest and we have seen it and we testify to it. So if we're experiencing the ongoing love and the power of the Spirit and how awesome that is, of course we're going we're gonna to talk about it. Of course we're going to share a testimony about this. I'm just going to pause for a moment, a really fundamental bit here it says the life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life this is big (laughs) this is big this eternal life (laughs) you see um christianity isn't um it isn't just about experiencing god's love although that is amazing It isn't just about the baggage of guilt and sin and all that you've done and all that's happened to you being lifted off when you you receive Jesus as your savior. That's amazing as it is. It isn't just about having access, privileged access to the Father and and praying to him and how amazing that is. It isn't about being a co-heir and adopted in and being part of a wider family here on earth and forevermore, as amazing as that is. Ultimately, when you become a Christian, when you are born again, you receive eternal life eternal life this is this is extraordinary stuff when one day when you die or when Jesus returns that's not the end if you're a Christian you're going to be with the father son and spirit forevermore eternal life that that's that's the that's the gospel that's that's one of the the fundamental basics of the gospel yes you you get to enjoy god now hallelujah you get to 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 be free and and the baggage of sin amazing you get to co-labor all of that all of those are amazing things and a part of being a christian 
But here, John is talking about you receive eternal life. It is amazing, amazing news. But it's also very sobering. It is very sobering at the same time. Because if you're not a Christian, if you have not given your life to Jesus, if you've not come into relationship with God, and that is you're, you're, you believing Jesus, who he says he is, that you want to know him personally for yourself, you are, you are giving up your old life, you're turning away, you're saying sorry for all that's happened, and you're accepting him as your savior. If you do not do that, there is no eternal life for you. And this is, if you're not a Christian here this morning, you need to hear this, I'm afraid. There is no eternal life. And it's not just the end, you, you die and that's the end. No, no, there is eternal separation and suffering from God. So there is eternal separation and there will be suffering for those who do not know Jesus. That when he returns one day, you will not be accounted as his son or daughter. It is really sobering and challenging. And as a church, we, we have to talk about these things. We have to talk about, we, someone prayed out about the depth and breadth. And we have, to, we have to teach you about the depth and the breadth of the gospel. That it is absolutely, you become a son of God. You are adopted. You're a co-heir. Hallelujah. You get to experience him. You get heart change. You get transformation and renewal of mind as you read God's word. It is glorious. It's amazing. Amen. But also, if you do not know him, you are separated from God. And if you do not make Jesus your savior, you will be eternally separated from him. Verse three, it says, that which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you that you, may, that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We've talked about it this morning, haven't we? Fellowship. Isn't fellowship amazing? Fellowship, I, I, I sort of was trying to look up a definition of fellowship. Um, um, this is not going to be sort of the, the definition. I've not come up with a sort of Jason Stocks et al. 2019. That's the definition. But it, it means different things. But it, fellowship means you, you're, to me, you're known, you're loved, you're doing community together. I, I, that's as far as I'm going to go this morning. You're known, you're loved. Do you like how I slipped that, the, the vision statement of, of King's Church? You're known and loved. And you, you're in community. You're in community. And I'm so blessed, and I'm sure many others are, to be uh, amongst such a fantastic community. Um, we've, we've both, my wife and I both led a, a group, which we, a life group, which we've so heard about. They are fantastic. And um, we go to Mike and Katie's group in, in, in Teddington. It is the best group, as good as the others were. They, you know, that came out of here. This is the best one. No. It's so fantastic to, to have fellowship. I had some fellowship yesterday. We went for, for cycling. Uh, a group of us went out and I felt I was known. I was loved. People were listening to me. We were talking about all sorts of stuff. It's amazing. 
isn't it? It's amazing to have fellowship. We come on a Sunday. We have fellowship with each other. We get to, to, to glorify God with, 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 with our worship. We get to hear what each other's been up to this week. We, we get to be prayed for maybe at the end. And, and all of these things, it is fantastic. And um, I just want to commend that we are going to be doing more and more of that. Our heart as a church is that we are a community of believers together. But also, um, if you're anything like me, sometimes I can sort of rely on sort of the fellowship of others um, more than fellowship with God. Sometimes I can look to the church or look to individuals or, or things that I do in church to sort of bring satisfaction, to, um, to give me the sort of the fellowship that, that I need, but maybe I, I don't end up spending any time with God. We can, we can do this. I, I, I think my, my own experience is I, I've looked um, to people and to things sometimes for, for my need. And, and, and here's the thing. It, it, it's, uh, people are going to let you down. There, there's going to be moments when we as a church are going to let you down. And we don't mean it. Um, we don't intend it. But it's going to happen because we're human. And, um, and um, if, we, if, we, if we rely on these things too much, we're going to be really, really disappointed. And um, just this week, uh, I've been praying on, on, for those of you who came to the prayer meeting on Tuesday, God really spoke to us about a, a verse in, in Philippians about um, forgetting what lies behind and, and straining forward with the upward goal that we have in Christ. And, and I felt God speak to me that night. Um, and, and this week as I've been preparing for this and I just feel um, for some of us there's disappointment that's still lurking around it's, um, for those who have been with us for years, decades there's been disappointment it's been a, a difficult few years lots of changes, lots of challenges but, but God's word says forget what lies behind strain forward for the upward goal in Christ and I just feel for some of us this morning it's there was, God was moving on Tuesday and, and some people dealt with it on Tuesday. If you weren't there, I think maybe for some of us, it's, it's just laying that stuff behind. It's, it's, it's moving on, leave, leaving in the past the disappointment and we pick up again. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you that you too may have fellowship with us. So John is definitely talking about fellowship together, one anothering. And it is amazing, isn't it? It is fantastic. Um, I, I remember when, before I became a Christian, um, I had um, two friends, uh, Keith and Joe, who used to come uh, for the weekend in my house. And I always used to, I remember just this morning, when they used to come, uh, um, I was like, gosh, this house is really lighter and when they used to leave, I used to text and say, it's like you've painted the house, guys. The house is whiter. It was always whiter. And, and if, you're, if you're not a Christian you're, uh, this morning, you're probably noticing that. When you're, when you're around other Christians, it's really good. Eh? It's really, really, really good. And I just used to remember when they'd go and for a few days, the house would be gleaming. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. I just sort of, I even asked them, did you paint the house like the living room once? What was happening was I was encountering God as they were in my house. I didn't know that. 
And if you're not a Christian here this morning and you, you, you turn up to Life Group on a Tuesday or you, you come on a Sunday or you meet up and have a coffee with someone, you're like, oh, it's so good, isn't it? It's so good. You're tasting and experiencing something of God in that presence. And I know for some of you, your testimony's been, oh, we haven't been for a few weeks. We just haven't, you know, we just haven't felt the same. It's because you haven't been around the presence of God. And as, as amazing as structures and, and life groups and meeting up for coffees and all that stuff, which is really, really important, I'm endorsing it. Ultimately, what John is saying here, he is saying, so that you too may have fellowship with us, yes, as a collective, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, what John is saying that ultimate true fellowship, true, true fellowship is coming into faith with Jesus, coming into relationship with the Father, being empowered by the Spirit. That's what true fellowship is. That's what undergirds Christian fellowship. Amen? So that when you go from here on a Sunday or you don't come for a couple of weeks, the Bible says when you become a Christian, you're a temple of the living God. What? Really? Yes, it says that. When you become a Christian, you become a temple of the living God and the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. So that that, that beauty that I was describing in my home, actually that's now me. As as Andrew was was praying over us, as as God looks down on us, or whoever it was, I can't remember exactly, as God looks down on us, he sees sees us as righteous. He sees the the righteousness of Jesus. That's ultimately what John is talking about here. That true fellowship is with Father, Son, and Spirit. And that's what undergirds, that's what underpins church community. So if you're not a Christian here this morning, this is available to you. You don't need to necessarily come on a Tuesday, although I'm saying please come. I'm endorsing that. You get to experience the beauty and the majesty of God 24-7. That you can have your own personal relationship. It's extraordinary stuff. It's extraordinary stuff that you could get to experience eternal life. You can get to be in a relationship with someone who's never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to leave you. <laughs> I'm going to leave one day. I'm going to let you down. No, no. Jesus will never, ever let you down. Today I'm on a good day. Tomorrow I'm going to be really low. Next week I'm going to be really high. Jesus is the same today as he will be tomorrow as he was yesterday. He is consistent. That's who we really want to be in relationship with. Amen? And and there's a sort of slight challenge here. And encouragement and exhortation. I've got all the words. I don't know what they mean, but it sounds good. In, in that, if you're a, a follower of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, I really want to encourage you to... Um, I want to encourage you to develop this authentic relationship. Yes, by all means, pour your life into serving. Pour your life into discipling and loving people and serving at elderberries and doing Alpha and all these amazing things. Absolutely do that. But the heart of God is, first and foremost, is your relationship with him. 
And we, if we are a follower of Jesus, we, we have a responsibility. I don't want to be sort of too heavy, but we have a responsibility. We have a, a mandate. We are disciples of Jesus that we are going to proclaim the good news. We are going to see other disciples being made. The only way that that can happen, the only way that, that someone who doesn't yet know Jesus and sees the beauty of Jesus is if you and I have authentic, real, tangible relationships with him. And how is it this culture? It's not by serving and serving and serving and being busy as we've heard in the last few weeks. How does it come? It comes from spending your one-on-one time with the Father, just as Jesus did, rising early in the morning. Father, help me to pray. Help me to read your word. It's reading your word regularly. And I know there's all things that are rolling, even right now, we can come up with all sorts of excuses. Stop. 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 Just spend five minutes with the Father. Open your Bible. Ask God to speak to you. Ask him to help you to worship at different times. Your, your heart gets softened. Your mind gets realigned. That's ultimately what, what John is talking about. That's, his, that's ultimately what he wants here. Yes, we will have fellowship with each other. Absolutely. Amen. That's part of the biblical framework. That's the beauty of the, and, and, and the majesty of the church. Amen. But it is undergirded and fueled by you and I, if we're a follower of Jesus, doing those three things. It's not rocket science and it seems crazy. It's like, how am I going to do this? You know, sometimes we overcomplicate it. It's not overcomplicated. It's simply spending one-on-one time with the Father, opening the Bible, and asking the Holy Spirit to help you worship. I want to commend that to you. Some of us, we've probably already zoned out already. I want to, I want to repeat it again. We just want to spend moments, a few moments a day, spending time with the Father in a closed room, praying to him, asking the Holy Spirit for help, reading his Bible, letting the word change and transform and renew your mind and helping the Holy Spirit to worship you. As that happens, it's beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? When you see someone who's walking authentically with Jesus, you want some of it. You taste and see that the Lord is good and you want more. Amen? Amen. Verse 4, he says, And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. It's the expectation of the Christian journey, of being a Christian, that there is joy. <laughs> Amen. There is joy. As a, as a leadership team, we've been talking the last few weeks, we want more joy. <laughs> We want our, our sons and daughters to see joy when we're worshipping. Not, not sort of a stoic joy or, oh, I must be joyful. No, no, genuine, authentic joy. We want to we wanna see that more and more. Joy is good, eh? Joy brings a smile to everyone's face. We do this by authentic relationship with Jesus. We do this by, first and foremost, having fellowship with the Father. And then as we're sharing testimonies, as we're fellowshipping with each other, talking about what God is doing, sharing the difficult things that of life, and there's so many different things that are going on that are difficult and heavy, sharing that, but it's still possible to have joy as a Christian. Amen? 
as we read as we read about Paul in in in, in the jail. He's like, what? what? He's in jail. He's about to be executed, and there's great joy because the Holy Spirit. What? Really? Now he's made that up. No, no. It's just God's word. That's the expectation. That's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us despite circumstances. And uh, I, I shared a little bit of this last year. Last year was. If I had spoken at the start of the year, I would have said it was one of the most horrendous years I had for all sorts of reasons. But as the year went on, as the year was coming to end, I was, praise God, thank you for last year. Thank you for last year. Joy started to come because actually I, I found Jesus in the midst of darkness. My mind and circumstances. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. Spiritual change, muscle has been added. And I found joy in the darkness. And then you, you, you find God, and it's possible to have joy in those moments. That's your testimony of many others, and it will be the testimony of many others here. So in summary, in this first week, the power of testimony you have all been given amazing testimonies. If you are a follower of Jesus this morning, you have been given an amazing testimony that God wants to use. He wants to introduce you to new people. He wants you to share just little snippets that you're gonna learn and maybe revise over this next week. Just little snippets. The power of testimony. The joy of fellowship fellowshipping with each other sharing stories of who God is and what he's been doing in, in your life in the week or the months or the, the difficulty that you're going through and helping allowing someone else to help in and, and to, to lean against um, we're gonna I'm gonna pray I think um, and um, I guess there's, there's, a, um, there's a few ways to respond. Um, if, you're not a, if you're not a believer here this morning, and this punchy stuff, this true stuff of eternal life, that really is on offer. Do you know what? Today's the day. <laughs> Today's the day. Today's the day. Carpe diem. Seek the moment. Today's the day. Cease the moment. If God is, if, if in your heart, if your heart's beating a little faster, your stomach is starting to churn. I didn't anticipate this this morning. Maybe God is calling you out today to come and know him, to come and have fellowship with him. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to pray with you. If that's you, come and grab me at the end. We'll be staying around. For, for some of us, that word about letting Letting go, um, letting go of the past, the disappointment. Um, it's time to to lay it at the cross. It's time to say goodbye to that. Don't let that cling to you or ensnare you. It's time to say goodbye to that today. For some of you, it's just you know what? I just want to respond in this next moment to say, Lord. I want to know more of you. Would you help me? I haven't spent time with you in however long. He says, come, come to me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. Whether it's been years or months or whatever, whatever pickle you're in, 
Just open your heart to him in this next moment. He's going to come and help you. Holy Spirit is going to come and say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. Father God, I want to thank you, Lord, for your word, Lord, which is powerful. It sets us free. Lord, when your, when your word is preached, salvation will come. Amen. Lord, where we um, share the depth and breadth of the gospel, salvation will come. Amen. Lord, I thank you for in that worship, Lord, of speaking to us. Lord, that that word spoken today and your word, Lord, really does renew, transform our minds. Lord, that you really do look up, down upon us for those who are in Christ. You see your son, Jesus, because we're clothed in righteousness. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation right now for those who are in Christ. Lord, would you help us with this? Lord, we want to ultimately fellowship dynamically with you. Lord, we want to be brothers and sisters who are walking authentically and enjoying you with joy and power and all that you've ordained for us in Christ. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to introduce you to other people who do not yet know you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.